competitive 40k network presents art of war art of war strategy and tactics discussions with the best players on the planet on the planet with your host paul murphy and expert coach nick nanavati Today in part two, we're going to actually do things a little bit differently. Usually, uh, this show is where we talk about a list that's actually done well at a tournament and kind of break down how to approach each individual matchup and, and how to kind of play against it in case you can't come across in the field. That hasn't happened yet. Demons have been out for about four seconds, so no one's taken it to tournaments, to my knowledge. We're just trying to troubleshoot and come up a list together. One of the most interesting things I've found so far is that across all the different competitive players I've spoken to, no one is on the same page. Quite literally, no no one has built the same list I've seen twice. So I'm here with Tanner. He and I are in very different places. And, and because of that, I don't think we're going to necessarily come up with the same list that we both love. Tanner's going to help me work on my weird infantry demon deep strike factory. And then I'm, we're going to troubleshoot that list together live on this podcast with you. And then after that, can Tanner, who's got his monster match list, I'm going to help try to supplement that with some some good old brown magic. I'm super excited, Tanner. How are you feeling? I'm fired up, Nick. Ready to go. All right. Let's uh let's unpack I guess with the beginning of this. Oh, I'll start off with some anecdotes. I have played one game with demons. The list I ran in my initial fiasco was Scarbrand. Bellacorn. Same, same. (laughs) All right, all right. So on the same page so far. Yep. Uh, I had three units of four flamers. I had a. It's been a couple weeks now, so I'm trying to remember weeks. It's been like four days. Um. I had Scarbrand. I had Bellacor. I had uh, three units of four flamers. Three units of ten bloodletters. I think I messed around with a pink harder unit. I had two health layers of Slanish, the heralds and the and the chariots. I think, in my opinion, the best of those ones. I had a unit of five Seekers. Uh, that's more or less it. I just kind of tried an eclectic group of things. It had middling success, I will say. Uh, wh- where do you... What Are you curious about any part of that list, or do you want me to just kind of keep going? I'd love to hear one minute of what you thought about our big boy Scarbrand. My big boy Scarbrand. So I tried running him up the table, like physically and the reason i did this is because of course jack and i both played a demon demon mirror and we had vastly different ideas he was doing lord of change and and zinchi stuff so i was like let me start Scarbrain on the table and walk him in front and then i'll be like no no mortal wounds for me all of yours target the closest thing and and he's the closest thing so screw you unfortunately this is where i learned that three exalted flamers and uh like a burning chariot or two Zach also had three soul grinders. All of that shooting, he gave it plus one to hit with the Zinch Warpstorm, and then he one-shot Scarbrand. Like, one turn just killed him with guns. So that was a very, very pitiful performance of Scarbrand. Then I resigned myself to this man must deep strike, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where, where I, my takeaway was. We didn't reset the game or anything. I just wanted to play. Yeah. I think he's really cool. I think Scarbrand, like, auto-beats like Tau. Big challenge for Eldar, those shooty factions that don't rely on distance to get themselves safe and killing things. Combat, yep. uh, not their forte. I'm absolutely horrified at the proposition of giving a Blood Angel Army plus one attack and trapping myself in combat with them. So I don't know I don't know that Scarbrand is a choice that works in singles. I think that if you play him, he lives inside Bellacor's belly, which is a weird place to put your Scarbrand. And then he deposits himself... I, oh, Bellicor, <laughs> Warp Locus is Scarbrand yes. in, okay. and that's your way to get him there. Yeah, that and, was the takeaway I, I got. Yeah. All right. 
Um, the health layers, I will say, were tremendously disappointing. I think that was. I liked them because I was like they're 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 multi job units. So to your point earlier in part one, I was thinking I am going to have like a who's holding my backfield issue, and these things can just sit on a backfield objective behind a wall, and like if something goes and messes with them, they can kill some trash. They can cast powers. I like the slingish powers. And if they want to reposition themselves into the middle of the game, they're really fast. Also, they can do warp rituals. So, like, they do a lot of things for me. They sucked. They sucked at all of it. And then on top of that, they didn't hit anything while in close combat. I literally charged one into a one-wound soul grinder, failed to kill it. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. I think they're, they are okay. I think you can probably play them like a buggy list and spam them, which is super boring. Yeah, I do think there's like a 20 chariot list, but I'm not yeah. collecting 20 chariots. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not my alley either. I'm really curious after that game what the sort of core pieces of this list you're going to put together are. What What did you like? I know it was Bellacore. What else stuck out to you? Like, okay, this is what the next list is going to be. I liked the Flamers. Uh, I, I played 3x4. I want 3x6. I might settle on 3x5. Uh, it's a little spammy. I don't usually just take a unit times three at max models, but they 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 were just so good. Um, and it wasn't even like their ideal targets. Like I was, I didn't want to shoot flamers into pink horrors. I wasn't Jack wasn't letting. I don't want to shoot them into soul grinders, but they were just so good. Um, I really liked the blood letters. I I think your point on blood crushers in the in part one was certainly heard, uh, and I think there might be room for kind of mixing up the ratios. But blood letters rocked like coming off of warp locust charging stuff really good sitting behind a wall and then corn devout push for six inch move at the end of my opponent's turn then move then charge really good um i that was kind of the initial thought i had was i'm gonna put tons of stuff into deep strike to create all this deep strike charge pressure my opponent will want to screen because that's how people respond to deep strike charge pressure and then when they screen my blood letters can very much. I deployed some of my deep strikes. Some the ones that were deployed can just very easily nail those charges and kind of create some play that way. That worked out great. Uh, I think honestly, I kind of left that thing wanting forty blood letters. But since then, I've also realized that Infernal and Raptresses are also warp loci. So I kind of want to just deep strike charge demonets for the most part and walk blood letters. I don't know. A mixture of demonets and bloodletters at a probably a one-to-one ratio is what I'm thinking. I found bloodletters lacked a volume of attacks. I really, yep. I charged ten bloodletters into ten Jack's pink cards, and it's like these things have six up invuls. This is the best way to just blow them all up and avoid split. <laughs> and then one survived, and then the unit like doubled in size and took the objective back. And I was like, this is terrible. I need yeah. more attacks. You're like 21 attacks, threes and threes isn't going to get, it's not quite there. It's not there. But like yeah. damage to AP3, that that part's real good. So that they part. don't have, they're very purposeful. And strength five. It is fun to throw 10 at the remnants of a knight or an armager and roll a couple fives. It's pretty sweet. Uh, have- I'm right there with you on the demonets. I think there's a ton of value. So if we're thinking you have 10 or 20 blood letters, 10 or 20 demonets, I think the next question as a demons player you have to ask is, are you bringing Herald support and what's on the board, right? I think if you're bringing demonettes, you may as well just toss in the Infernal and Raptors, and you probably want more than 10 or 20. I'm thinking, I'm honestly thinking like 20 to 30 bloodletters, 20 to 30 demonettes, and, mm-hmm. and maybe in a total of 50 of those troop models in general, maybe 60. 
maybe three and three. I don't know, but not the minimum troops. More like the maximum troops is what was where I'm thinking on that. And then I like I like having multiple warp locuses. So because Bellicor can just have a really bad round of saves, and then your whole plane kind of falls apart. Having that backup Infernal and Rapturous is I think is really really critical. Um, it actually happened, you know, in my game with Jack. Bellicor was dead by the end of my. Jack went first, I believe. Jack, Bellicor was dead by the end of his turn three. So that means I didn't have a Warp Locust left, because Garbrain was also dead because I misused him. And then I was like, oh no, the rest of my army, yellow nines. Yeah, it gets uh, dicey. Um, I think I need more durability, like straight up. I, I won't pretend that that's not a problem. I tried to solve durability by just not getting hit, you know, through using walls, terrain, and, and deep strikes. And then, of course, it's very trade hammer. So after I charge you, I don't really care what happens to my squad. I already killed something, stood on your objective, got my secondary for being on your mission for in the quarters. I liked that. I, I think that's a fine way to play demons. But your ground presence has to have a durability, which I was missing. It has to be there somewhere. Let's do a quick bit of pointing here. Let's say you bring 60 troops, 30 and yeah. 30. That's going to put you at 750 points. If you're going to mm -hmm. play an Enrapturous, that's going to put you at another 90. So you're at 840. Um, do you want a Corn Herald? Because, boy, some of the Corn stuff is good. What does a Corn Herald get me? What are you thinking with that guy? Well, I mean, we're playing Bellicor. Where you put him in a detachment is a big decision point. Because one of the things that you can do is you can take uh, its Skull Taker with the Ignore Inborn Warlord trait, which... I think is a real consideration because yeah. he's what six attacks at minus three, three damage, and you can't take in Volns. And he rerolls is it hits and wounds? Yeah, it is hits, hits and wounds. wounds. You actually so reminded the, me that I tried Skull Taker in this army, and he was part of that. I kept him out for turn th two, I didn't bring him in turn two because there's nothing awesome for him to charge. <laughs> and then turn three, he wasn't coming off a warp locust because I got him all killed. Another reason you might take him in this foot list is he has a command phase plus one attack to Bloodletter Core, which is a huge output boost. That is, that is, that's 50% more damage. And he's still a lieutenant. So I think this guy is worth considering. Skulltaker's uh, cheap and a monster. Like, I, I don't want to make him my warlord just because I, th I think Bellicor in this list really wants to be his own detachment for the sake of unlocking Warpstorm. Um, which means he's the warlord, and that's okay. So I've, I've kind of made that concession for this style. Well, then, if you want an, one Enrapturous Skull Taker and all of your troops is going to put you at 950. Belly's really? 420. Let's add a Herald the Zinch on a Burning Chariot to that, because I think we need that Warp Storm manipulation, and then someone needs to cast Psychic Ritual a little bit. Uh, do you want to play Fate Skimmer, because he's plus five points to get plus one to cast all game one? That's the one you take. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got you at letters, uh, demonettes, and it, one in Rapturous, one Skull Taker, Belly, and Fate Skimmer. So far, so good. So far, so good. Where are we at? Points. All right, uh, <laughs> you're at a lot of points, my dude. Let me add real quick. I, I think we're like twelve. I think we're like twelve hundred. We got the calculator going. You are at fifteen, fifteen. Fifteen, fifteen. That's so much more than twelve. That's what keeps happening when I'm building demon lists. You have 750 points of troops, but then you have 420 for Belly, 150 for Fate Skimmer, 145, 110 for Skull Taker, and 90 for one in Rapturous. So, so you're you're 700 points of character. Can just because I, I gauged where I was at by 300. Actually, usually what happens when I write list Tanner, um, I'll admit I've gotten better at this with experience, but usually what happens is I end up at like 2600, and then I have to 
cut, cut, cut. Just yep. rework the idea. Um, fifteen flamers for three seventy-five is just absolutely insane to me. So let's just put that in there. Right, and that puts us at eighteen ninety. Man, that is these are, these are one tough ex- numbers. One to exalted hit. flamer, and we're done. No. Not one exalted flamer and we're done. That's not it. Like I said, we need durability in here. So let's think about how this army actually plays on the table. Because I, I hate just throwing units together without considering the roles that each one are filling. So we have Infernal Enraptures, who's just going to hide around the table and be a warp locus. We have Skulltaker, who's honestly probably going to walk to give out command phase buffs and, and just get himself up there the old-fashioned way. Yep. we got Bellicor. 15 flamers. Three of your six melee squads, your troop squads in Bellicor and or in the warp? Yeah, I, I think I'd probably say three to four troops are very consistently going to deep strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that what the ratios on those, because Demonets and Bloodletters are so similar in speed, actually, when you factor in the fact that Bloodletters can move at your opponent's charge phase and Demonets are just base move 10, it almost does not matter which one starts in reserve and deep strike from a speed perspective. It's all about like which one actually do you want deep striking charging stats wise. Yep. And you can make that call at the game table, so who cares? So I have a lot of infantry and deep strike. I've got like say two squads hiding behind walls. I have a couple characters hiding around with them, and I have Bellacor who more or less immune to damage at long range unless you're fighting against like rail guns or some other ridiculous level of firepower, maybe guard could put him down, something like that. And even then, you can use the trick where you pick up your Zinch character and put him over there for one CP and then start deep striking like that. So I'm not too stressed about my footprint on the board. I think I have a very small footprint army, and that's easy enough to hide. Uh, the Flamers, same thing. They can I'd probably do like one or two squads deployed, one or two squads in deep strike, and just let them be. I'll of course, of course, shroud step them. So my army is all over the place. It's fast. Secondary, yeah. Secondary-wise, we're doing the... The action thing, or the, sorry, the quarters thing, that one's mm-hmm. probably going to solve itself because I do have six troops, three flamers, three HQs, and all of it's going to go aggro at you um, just throughout the course of the game. I think my psychic ritual plan is very weak right now because Bellacor is busy not doing that, and I got the Zine Channel busy not doing that, and between the two of them, they got to figure it out three times. So I'm tempted yeah. to actually just add a, another HQ Psyker model to help out with this as the last bit of points. I think there's a real good case for playing double Zinch Heralds in a lot of lists, because now you get your Warp Storm retention, you get your damage spell, you get Flickering Flames, and you get to pick another damage spell. And that's non-trivial in a list that has no shooting that's not Flamer, right? Right, right. This is more opportunities to do some other stuff. Yep. Uh, how much are the, the chariots? 150? 145? Uh, it's 145 for Fate Skimmer, a chain... Oh, sorry, not a changeling. A change caster is 80 or 85 if you take the stick. Flux Master is 110 or 115. So you could take him without the gun and fill up your points right there for a Flux Master. I kind of want to just take a second chariot and find points. Finding yeah. points is easier said than done in Demon Army, but I could, I could cut like two flamer models and be all right. Oh, no, you're you're good right there. You're at exactly 2,000. Oh, I meant the, with a chariot? No, I want Yeah, he's 110. No, oh, chariot's like 140. Uh, are you talking about the Flux Master? Herald Isn't that of, the chariot? No, maybe. The most expensive one is the chariot. I know that. The flux master is equipped with a di- uh Sorry, you're talking about the chariot. I was thinking about the guy in disc. Can you get plus one to cast? No, you're going to be 145 for two fate skimmers. All right, yeah. Well, we can cut flamers. You're right. You're going to be over by 35 points. You could drop what you said 375 for flamers. Was that three by five? That was three by five. Yeah. Play four four five. And now you are 
yeah, you're good. Okay, so I think I think that is where my head's at. So now we have a decent psychic game for the mm-hmm. ritual. We have our quarters game actually got better as well because two chariot dudes can really help out with late game quarters. Um, the second, there are third secondary is probably going to be banners, although it's totally good for R and D as well here. Um, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't do R and D. I don't think I have time to do that many actions over and over again. Like I don't want to deep strike bloodletters to do an action that feels terrible. So probably going to do banners, but again, it's mission, it's opponent dependent. If I'm playing this style, I want to be cognizant of my own secondary game that I give up. So 60 troops is 60 no prisoners. And then I have 13 flamers now, so it's 39 wounds is 99. It's not eight for no prisoners because that's like the perfect number. I believe that's it. Everything else was characters. Planned it. Okay, so <laughs> 99 wounds. That's awesome. Assassinate. I have now three characters in Bellicor. You could, but you know, I don't. I don't have to participate. You actually have four characters in Bellicor. You have two Fate Skimmers. You have Skull Taker, and you have an Enraptress. Oh, that's another good point. Is like, where are my HQs? Because this is now more than a battalion. Um. Yeah, I think you're playing double patrol here. I could. I could be. Could very well be playing double patrol here. Um. Does Bellicor allow you to take a Herald because he's a greater demon? Maybe I'm not sure. I'd have to check the keywords on that a little more. I think so. I think it's on the data sheets of the Greater Demons. But I, th- I think be, so. That would be cool. Unfortunately, it's not. It's looking like it's not. Well, I don't want to stress if it's battalion or double patrol. You know, that's just a matter of command points, or you cut like one of your HQs, probably Skull Taker, if I had to say. I mean, a big strength of demons is that because uh, we can't buy warlord traits, you actually have a lot of CP when you play those. Uh, I have never been free. short for CP with my demon army yet. I'm, yeah, I'm I feel very comfortable it. playing double patrol with this book. Like, yeah. I'll pay two for the units that I want because there's not much to spend CP on. Warpstorm points do half of that work, anyways. So, what do you, secondary game? My mission, my plan seems fine to me. I mean, it's not like the strongest secondary game in the world. It's not Necrons, but I, it is definitely strong enough. Um, it doesn't. Yeah give up secondaries like i necrons give up no prisoners i don't uh, assassinate assassinate i think I, I think i'm cool with giving up assassinate because when someone says to me they're taking assassinate i go in turtle mode and then they have to come dig it out and running at my demon army never works yep agreed so uh, yeah, I, I don't mind my army at a mission standpoint which means what am i actually concerned about because theoretically i'm winning 40k by being good at the mission so I should point out you also with double chariots really do unlock mental interrogation because Definitely. often you don't need all four spells and if you make one guy the damage caster he's easy to flex to the secondary instead and then you yeah. don't even have to occupy the middle yeah yeah so i have a lot of flexibility in that in that zone mm-hmm. um so now that I'm not concerned with my ability to play 40k, I'm more concerned with my opponent's ability to stop me. So like people just yes. being, just killing me or or blocking me from doing certain things. Tanner, what do you think this army is going to struggle with? <laughs> okay, well let's throw some hypothetical matchups at the wall, right? Have you had any games into Vectrix shooting Chaos Knight small Wardog spam? I'm gonna be honest with you. I have actually never played against the new Chaos Knight Codex with any faction at all. Okay, well, um, I'd love to talk about some of the interactions there, uh, because demons have a weird counter to Chaos Knights, who kind of live on this dread table having charges. We have a two warp storm point, ignore all modifiers to move and or charge. Oh, that's uh, so clever. It. It's yeah. really good. I've already done it. Um, 
that's a list that floats around in our meta up here. It's got like 160 shots out of the Gatling cannons, and it just it likes to stand around and score as well. And this list can't clear very much of it in one go. It's the perfect profile to destroy every one of these models, including Belly, because it's plus one to wound. Uh, it'll still be on five since Prada usually has a lot of Melta. I think Necrons outscore this. I think you have a huge planes problem in this list. Um, because it's going to, if someone has an army with planes, which again, I'm thinking Krons, um, and they have the ability to pressure melee, it can get dicey when you have to allocate your flamers and or Bellacore to go clear a plane. Um, I think you're good into Eldar in general because you deep strike. They can't hide with distance. I think you're good into Tau for the same reason. I think you have a hard time with a Blood Angels list. That's the stuff that jumps to mind right now. Interesting. So I agree with you on Tal and Eldar. I think just the idea of trapping people in combat, deep strike charging, really is, is so anti what those armies are designed to deal with. Yep. That, that's pretty natural. I think I have a, a damage problem versus the toughest of targets. So yes. Flamers are great. I kind of assumed they would solve my flyer issue, especially with plus one wound. I've, I've mathed it out. I've rolled it out. They really do just knock a plane right out of the sky, unless it's like an armor contempt storm raven or something. But what is that? Uh, I think there's people... I don't think planes are too popular right now, so I'm not overly fussed with planes, but I agree. You can't just pretend they're not there. I would say the army's strengths, in addition to like it's got a decent secondary game, is that I'm missling obsec stuff at your primaries every single turn forever yes. so i'm looking to make this uh i'm not scoring 100 but i will score like 70 to 80 and you're going to score less than me kind of game plan and i don't care if i get tabled yep so the things that will that i think will be challenging for me are when i can't actually take away the primaries like a very durable rights of war army we're talking like 20 plus secondary guards standing in cover now flamers literally shrug right off them because they still take two up saves and mm -hmm. Bloodletters are great into Sanguinary Guard. Minus one to hit really hurts. That's, That's where Bellacore's Warlord trade actually helps a lot. Being a Taking Master. Skulltaker and Chapter Master is a big deal here. Yeah, so I like I like that to help. It's still going to be a very tricky matchup, especially against a good Blangels player who can use six inch heroics and Angel Sacrifice to just mess me up. Um, I yes. think that's a real weakness. I think if this was to go head-to-head -head and to say your list that you're, we're going to get to in the later on part of this yep. thing, I'm really going to struggle to kill your monsters. I'm, I'm, basically just, I'm basically just going to run around and try to score points for as long as humanly possible. Yes. Um, and I, I don't you love that as... Nice problem, I, by the way. Because they just shoot and they're also very tough? Yeah, I mean, calculated targeting just picks up Bellacore and you can't hide them. Yeah. So the Tyrannus build is a problem, and they have a lot of obsec, and they're very tough. Um, you might be able to trade it on the obsec, but when it's two armagers, are counting as, what, ten obsec ten bodies? And I, I don't think ten blooders just scoops an armager. I think it could. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, with the Skulltaker and Bellacore buffs, it does. But I think when your threat is Tyrannus, you just have to remove Bellacore from your turns two through five, unfortunately. It's just going to take Meltimortals. So I'm definitely identifying like tough obsec in the form of we just yeah. identified space marines and just knights being tough obsec as as things because fundamentally my army is trying to play the mission not kill you so yeah. if you're good at playing the mission or just securing your points in the mission that's a hill I have to climb over. Yep. Um, I think you're actually pretty good in Necrons though offensively. <laughs> that's a weird thing to say. What do you but, say? Well, you have volume damage to high AP, which is pretty good into score packs. You have a lot of deep strike, which even though Krons are leadership 10, better than just nines, right? Like you, yeah. you reasonably will be able to get some sort of morale buff off, debuff off from something on the floor. And a 3d6 drop below <laughs> blood letter charge is okay, which lets you 
If you're playing into like double score packs or triple score packs, lets you engage the non-invuln one. That's not terrible. Krons don't shoot Bellacore well. It's not great. It's flipping a couple coins, but it's not like they just instantly remove him unless they're playing that like Liam Locust build, uh, which is mostly string six. So that's actually really not good in the Bellacore. Um, and you want to contest objectives, and Krons have those great secondaries, but frankly, they a lot of the builds that aren't just spamming the scarabs, like if you crush a flank because you're throwing troops at them, you might have a real game. I don't think Krons will be easy. I don't think anyone can no. just like, I have an easy Krons game, but I, I don't think it's, I don't strike that as, because they die, essentially, yes. against me. So I can turn the corner on damage there. Do I do think this? there's just, the, the durability problem is like someone throws like, 10 Deathwing Terminators on an objective. I can't ever do anything about that. That's yep. just yours. So I'm not in love with this army. I do agree it's got some challenges. And points, as you pointed out, are are tight these days. You know, playing 400 yes. for Velikor is not a fun price tag. And then points per wound demons defensively suck. It's, it's your pain for the offense and the deliverability. So it's God's unique challenges. I don't want to take the whole show with this, though. So, Tanner, what would you do without ruining the identity of this list and what it's trying to accomplish? What would you try to do to shore this up? Uh, you might hate this. I think you kind of pick Horn or Slanesh here for your primary melee. It's interesting. Uh, I, I, I say that only because I picked Corn. I skipped Slanesh in the one game I played, and I left saying I needed both. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a reason to have both, and it's not like you can't take one squad of demonettes if volume's the problem, or one squad of bloodletters if damage is the problem. But I think when you're playing, what is this, 13 flamers, you have a lot of volume damage one. Um, yes, it can't get through walls. I know that the meta that you guys play down there is a lot of like small things hiding, hard to get to with deep strikes, but you move 12 and you have fly. Like, you can reasonably deep strike behind a wall outside of a reasonable charge range or touch the wall and be tough to shoot. I think you can engineer a lot of ways to clear chaff and the, the things that volume damage one AP2 goes into. Like a flamer is just a, it's a demonetic range that is higher strength. But It's a very I interesting way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I I'm not saying you're similar. wrong. It's just like a shooting unit that flies versus a melee unit that punches. Uh, it, uh, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to look at weapon profiles here, but like, you move 10 and you charge, or you go 12 and you shoot 12. You're like similar threat bands, and one is harder to shoot away. The demonets don't survive in combat, and they don't survive the boltering. Uh, and because you don't have any buffs to get like exploding six, you don't have any slanesh casting in here, the demonets are just, what is it, 40 attacks at 4-2-1. Right. Where your flamers are also 40 attacks at 5-2-1, and they auto-hit. So... I think those are similar enough that you either play some more blood letters. I know you're going to hate this. Blood Crusher's not bad. Not bad in your blood list. Crusher's not bad. It's not so, a bad switch. But we did we did kind of... If, I'm not against you. I, I like The Blood Crusher's first blood letters, you've sold me a little bit on them, especially with respect to your list with the monsters. But don't we create a... Uh, now I'm giving the Melted Gun some more to yep. go problem? You certainly do. I wouldn't push it. Um, you... This is another thing I hate. I really hate relying on command phase buffs. You might want more herald buffing. You might want... I mean... Trying to stay can, away from command phase buffs so I can keep the deep strike options as open as possible. Totally, I am with you there. Yeah. Which is why I keep falling back into monsters right now. Right? You want a little bit more muscle in this list. I totally right? agree. Muscle is definitely the... Like, I have a lot of tricks and a lot of air going on. Just obsec 
stuff going places, but no yeah. muscle, no meat. This is a very hand wavy non body list where you're like, and I mean, who I wrote it? Something. Somewhere in there, one of your units dies when I needed to, except I don't think you can actually do it with this list without oh. dumping all your flamers into a big target. That's what, dumping all your flamers into a big target is satisfactory as an answer. Yeah, well, so here's a simple solution, and I hate it, which is drop one of your squads of troops and play some Exalted Flamers. So you have okay. plus strength when you need it for when it matters. I do like the Exalted Flamers with the Flamer combo. Yeah. It's also a gun, you know. It's, it's a not a bad gun. gun it's actually. a non-trivial. Yeah, um, I think we're kind of underestimating that you do probably get like eight mortal wounds out of your, your damage caster. That's an easy thing to forget. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit of point-click damage. Um and hypothetically, Skull Take can go hit something kind of hard, but I don't think there's a great way to back out of your list into more damage. Like I just so if we cut the Slanish package, because I think I think you raise an interesting point, and it's funny because, like I said, I, I left playing with Corn with I want both Corn and Slanish, but yes. um, part of that is because I struggled to kill specifically horrors, which I did not yep. want to shoot with Flamers, and you know, a normal instance I would just shoot it with Flamers, yep. so I don't want to overanalyze that issue. If I cut, say, two squads of troops, just run 40 blood letters or something like that, or like 30 and 10 demonettes, and I cut the Infernal and Raptures, because at this point there's not a point to her, I solve my HQ problem, and I get get 320 back. Uh, 330. Demonettes are 120, and Raptures is 90. Oh, she's 90, okay. Yeah, so 330 back. 330 back. um, (laughs) Nick, there's such a simple solution here. I'm pretty sure we just wrote my old list, but this is where I added a scar brand. <laughs> yeah. The solution is you put a greater demon inside of Bellicor. <laughs> somebody. Uh, I mean, that is how you add a lot of teeth to the army. Is there yeah. is there another option for adding teeth? And I, obviously, like the greater demon is not a bad one. I'm just trying to think of outside the box solutions here. Like this could be how many fiends? Ten fiends, pretty much. This could be yeah. I do like that. This this could just be 10 Fiends, which is that ground presence and speed to supplement those bloodletters, because I don't want to just not have enough units anymore, which was a big problem. Um, I don't think Flesh Hounds give me teeth strong enough. I think they're they're just more chaff-killing, same with Seekers. I agree. Uh, I like Soul Grinders, but that's a different build. You want to take the Soul Grinders because you like their stat line. You, run you three also don't them. get two, you only get one with our remaining points right now. I could I also see three exalted flamers, just three of oh. them, and then buff up the flamers a little bit with some extra points. And now we have quite a firepower contingent that we just use blood yeah. letters to keep safe from combat. And just yeah. when people charge me, I charge back. And I mean, I, I know you're, I think you're operating in that like you're never going to get a good Overwatch chance, but I think in the way that armies are built today, where there's not very much trash. If you're not playing into like transport spam, you might genuinely threaten people with a flamer overwatch. I literally to to gauge how good flamers were, I was playing in the game I played against Jack. He had five flesh hounds of his charge a unit of flamers of mine. Now, because I was poor at positioning, three of my five flamers were behind a wall and two of them were in front of the wall, just barely towing onto objective like that. So only two flamers could see the overwatch. So Jack was like, I'll just take that. So I was like, I'll take it too. Spent a CP, overwatched, killed four out of five of them. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. Like, I'm not making the plan, let's overwatch to get more shooting phases. But, like, putting the flamers in your army, and now you're either unchargeable a lot of times, or, like, you do just get another shooting phases. Yeah. Often picking up one thing that wants to come bump into your army is, like, by removing one of three, all of a sudden there's not a critical mass. And your countercharge clears it, and you're back in the clear. So I think that's reasonable. Three exalted flamers is not bad. 
What do you think of burning chariots? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Same. Same. I'm not Same. against them. I'm not for them. That is a unit I got to put on the board. Jack I mean, 2 against me, and I still don't have any clarity on if I like them or not. Look, let's let's think about this for a minute, because you could get two, and they are T6 with a 4-up, four 4-up. Four Having a 4-up in melee is awesome. It's 9 wounds. It moves 14. It's not so big that you can't hide it, and it does have reasonable shooting. It's either two flamers strapped together, or it's an, ex- what is it, three shots with the exalted flamer profile? Yeah. And it has melee? I it's didn't two screamers got, it's got two screamers pulling it, so that's the melee. Yeah, but there's six, three, two. That's two screamers fours. put that's together. not bad. I'm hitting on fours is bad. How many times did you need one unit that you couldn't dedicate a whole melee unit to go remove one guy? Like... Every game of 40k? Every other yeah, game? Yeah, no, there was definitely a problem I experienced was like, I there were just too many units in Jack's army, and I was like, I can't be everywhere. And that's partly because yeah. I spent 800 points on Bellicor Bloodthirster and the Bloodthirster died. Yeah, I actually am talking myself in, in my head into a pair of Burning Chariots for you. Like, I See, Tanner, this is why we come to you, you know? <laughs> I look, love the Burning Chariots. Oh, they I, I think they're 14 cool. and fly. They have a little bit of shooting and a little bit of punching, and it's enough to remove like three sisters of battle or five from behind a wall if you shoot and you charge. And you don't want to spend one of your bloodletter squads on five sisters. You know, you don't want to dedicate a melee unit to go bumping into a, a devil fish or something. But you could spend a burning chariot and nine wounds on a four up, four up at T six is it doesn't just very die. tough. It's, that it's does not just tough. go away. Yeah. I like that. I actually do. They're how much? <laughs> they're they're a hundred and forty. Let me let me check again. Uh, I have not been putting. This I want that to be a little cheaper because it's basically two exalted flamers for one burning chair. Oh well, you're you're in luck. It's one twenty. Let's see. That's what I would say. A little bit cheaper. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. What does the horror infestation get you? Uh, minus one to cast aura. Well, don't pay for that. But don't pay for that. <laughs> Um, I might. I, so I actually kind of like paying for that garbage because it's like five points. And then like if someone takes psychic ritual against you and, you know, everybody is like, I'll just take psychic ritual. That's my plan for my secondary. Yeah. Now it's like you're minus one. You will be in deny range because, yeah. you know, Bellacore don't give a crap. Like it's challenging. OK, well, hey, there's maybe a cascade of options you get from this as well. Right. You were thinking about three exalted flamers. The chariots also give off the plus one strength aura. Interesting. Interesting. So, and actually. Exalted Flamers would definitely encourage people to take Assassinate against me, but also now I do give up Assassinate. So, bit of the double-edged sword there, whereas the Exalted Flamers, the, the Burn Chariots, don't encourage people to take Assassinate. They probably just won't, but they yeah. can't. And it gives you some nice move block, it gives you a throwaway piece, and it's a buff, which... I like I mean, that. I like that quite a bit. better than I thought it was. You it's, know, you've really socked more. me into this Burning Chariot. <laughs> <laughs> what does it hit on? Uh, in shooting, it hits on threes, but the flamers auto hit. It only hits on fours in melee. Hmm. But if you have Bellacore, your shooting is rerolling once. To rerolling hit. once, and you could like if you run two of the chariots. I, uh, this list probably isn't going to be spending warp swarm points on plus one to hit, but I don't you could so. you could run say three exalted flamers, three burning chariots, and that point the whole thing hits on twos reroll once. Yeah, I, I do think this is the answer to the particular problem you're thinking about, which is a little bit more anti-tank, and because these handle five-man problems, now you get to assign whole new squads of bloodletters to your big boy problems. Yeah, I, so this 
I think makes me a little bit more vulnerable to things like Blood Angels, and I hate that because I live with Jack, yeah. live next to Jack. Because um, like having eighteen-inch guns that pick up like a sanguinary guard or two, it's not enough. I don't think it's enough. Maybe it's enough. I think um, these give you a, a really irritating problem for the Blood Angels, though, which is when they charge you and one of these goes fourteen into their field and says, "Hey, do you want to turn around?" Turning around, yeah. Here. That's a great point. Maybe my, my play against the Blood Angel Army isn't just to just let it be a ball and try to fight the ball, is to spread it out, because I can deep strike one of the characters behind it with the uh, teleport strat, get behind yep. him like that, have chariots that are not worth attacking by like seven or eight singular guard going after a singular chariot off on the side is, is yeah. not a direction you're excited to go. And then if I can spread them out, angel sacrifice heroics gets a lot worse and it's much more chargeable for the blood letter bombs. And one of these guys can threaten a character if they leave one behind on a charge and it flies up, shoots and or flames and charges. There's a non-trivial yeah. chance. That's that's a fair fair point. All right, Tanner, yeah. I, I'm I am satisfied with the direction <laughs> this is going. I, I want to we, we briefly threw out the idea of ten fiends, and I'm not certain that that's the answer, but I'm also not certain it's not the answer. What's I don't, your temperature on that. I don't think it's this army's solution because it doesn't hit that hard. It's only strength five. You have to commit them. You're kind of fast already. You have boots on the ground. I really I, like Ten Fiends in a Slanesh build, though, when you have I, spell support. I view them as like, we just cut a bunch of demonettes from my army, let's replace them with harder-hitting harder, harder hitting demonettes. Yeah, you, again, I think flamers are demonettes at range, so I think you probably can, but we did already drop some of them. You probably want to, like, rebuild from the beginning? I think but the utility that be. the chariots offer me, actually, is, is kind of what this army wants. It, it, the army that I've created here is a lot of hand waving, and we are mm -hmm. identifying that the we're missing teeth. Yes, but I don't know that we can actually keep its identity of let's just be opsec and kind of missiony and just do stuff while adding teeth without ruining some other aspect of it. So I, I like that we're doing a little bit of both with these chariots. Yeah, it's it. I can't think of a more hand waving Nick Nanavati unit than an exalted flamer riding a chariot. That's <laughs> it so quite literally unplanned. waves its hands in the air. It, it does do that thing. And I think what you need is not like, do you add a unit that can one round at night? I think what you need is like, can I do six damage at range to a T7 unit without allocating a whole flamer squad or risking it when you split attacks, rolling D6 attacks, right? Yeah. And a chariot can. A chariot can go over and put two wounds onto an armager, and now your 10 blood letters is for sure clearing one off an objective and then swamping the other one, which solves a bit of, like a big chunk of your problem. I'm going to play Demons next week on our stream when I'm back from commentating the Nova Open, and I am I, I will probably run something very similar to this build that we're discussing right now. Let's go. I'd love to see it. But you know what, Tanner? This is not just about me. In fact, you're the <laughs> guest here. So let's talk about your Monster Mash. Like, let me All help right. you refine this thing. Where are you at with it? Okay, well, my take models out of the shelves and put them on the board game the other day was the hard-to-kill Keeper, a hard-to-kill Bloodthirster, Another bloodthirster in belly, and that was a lot of face check. Was uh, your was your second bloodthirster? Was he adding that much value? Um, I want to say no, but the answer was yes. But I did still. I've written a list that I'd love your thoughts on, and I did back down to three monsters, which I think is fine. There's always like a critical mass that's, threshold that's when you're running say, big like, stuff, you know. Do you still have the critical mass of three monsters? The fourth one is worse. Let's hmm. see. You you tell me. Tell me what you think of this list, Nick. We're playing Bellacore as an HQ slot because I want a Warlord trade. 
We're playing who bloodthirsters. One of them has the exalted to count as double its bracket, the five up feel no pain warlord trait, and the healing axe. The other one has the wound cap. Um, I wanted to take the plus one save against damage one, but as far as I can tell in this book, they gave you a relic that just doesn't work because you can't modify demon saves. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it would yeah. be really good to have a three up against damage one, but what are you going to do? Um, and then our, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a double patrol, so we'll have four HQs. And our fourth HQ is a uh, Fate Skimmer with the plus to cast. He's here to get me two Warp Storm points tick over, and he's here to Flickering Flames, uh, one of my either five-man or four-man flamer squads. Um, so I've got four HQs. Three of them are big, smashy monsters. Um, I have one squad of bloodthirster or bloodletters, two squads of bloodletters, and that's it for my basic troops. I know you hate that. I have, as I said... Those just two units of bloodletters? Two bloodletter. All yep. Right. Four flamers, five flamers, an exalted flamer, a beast of Nurgle, and a squad of Nurglings. What an eclectic I, I band this. of army. I mean, I love that it's like one of this, one of that, one of this, one of that. That part is really cool. I, I love the tech there. How does So walk me through your, your, your design concept here. Like, obviously, Big Monster Smash, but like, what is the play? Yeah, okay. So I wanted to build a list that could threaten on the line if someone wants to play defense and didn't bring really good shooting. I have a bloodletter that has a five up feel no pain. That's just crazy. It counts as double wounds. Maybe I should back up a step. The problem with big monsters is when they degrade before they get to move, you lose so much value, right? The wound cap on the bloodthirster isn't good because it never dies. It's good because it gets to move 12 turn one, even if you go second. That's so interesting. I, I thought the wound cap on the bloodthirster was like, who gives a crap? But like, that is a great point. Yeah, it it is not. It's so easy to kill it in two turns. If you brought a single melee unit, well, easy. It's so realistic that if you commit, you will clear it in two turns. What I want is I don't want to have to move eight, right? If you moved into the midboard and you bracket a bloodthirster down to half, it may not countercharge. Like if you're on the safe side of your objectives. Um, so we can't let that happen. The other one is the feel no pain and it counts as double. So we're kind of just hoping that if we have to face check and be on the line, it's not going to get double bracketed and lose tons of move speed. And the heal axe, I think, makes that another weird threat to fight. You can put that on either of the bloodthirsters. They play very differently. But the idea of one you don't want in your lines because it's wound capped, and if you didn't get the cap or you get the warp storm point heal off, it's now a huge problem. And the other one is it's going to be feeding on your models. Both are bad for the opponent. Um, they can. Also I love the bloodthirster that heals. I think he's absolutely insane. I think he's really good. It also gives you a good reason in your head to be like, one of these bloodthirsters should, should stop chasing tanks, and this guy is just off the leash to go clear troops and thrive on it. I have two squads of bloodletters, which I think is enough, because the way this army plays is it doesn't go and hold all the objectives like you're holding. This army is going to say, either if you have really good mid-range shooting, I'm going to sit in the back and do nothing turn one, and then I'm going to pass the turn. If you step out in the middle of the board close enough that Bellacor can go and get close, then I'll just be depositing models in your army now. And if you don't, Bellacor is going to use the Zine Strat to teleport across the board and deposit army models on your side of the board, which is worse. It has not as many flamers as you have, but I think it has enough flamers to fly about, hide behind walls, uh, clear small things off the side of the board. They're going to be moving up the board as the game goes. They're probably going to be in the role of objective holders for one turn. It has one beast and one Nurgling. The Nurgling gives you the ability to go put it upfield if you have player place and you can put it somewhere safe. And I really like saying here's 60 points that you have to come commit a melee unit to kill. It has one beast to hold the backfield. 
because if there's any out of line of sight shooting, I don't want that thing dying. If there is an out of line of sight shooting, then you get to switch that. You get to put a single nurgling on your backfield that you cover with a building, and you get to go upfield with the beast and leave it behind from the trail of monsters. Um, horrible little tactic. <laughs> it's it seems silly. It rarely it seems like people rarely have the resources to allocate. You just have to deal with the thing that's in front of you. Otherwise, you do get tabled, which this list isn't going to actually bank on doing. But the threat of it is the thing that makes it work. Two squads of blood letters is not a ton of punch, but it's some punch. And it's enough to start bumping things. And if you drop two and you have bloodthirsters, now you're in the realm of rolling four ups to keep people in combat. And I think that's really good. And a lot of this list benefits well from the heal, which is a thing I'm banking on. Probably turn two or turn three from the warp storm points. The, um, the, the five warp storm points to heal your army D3 across yeah. the board. This is why we bring Gaze of Fate. Secondary wise, uh, turn one, Belly goes and warp rituals in the middle because he's not planning on charging. Uh, is ideal. It's not necessary, but if someone's not going to come punch you right away, it's just going to happen because you won't be charging him turn one. Turn two, he's in their lines. He's depositing your army. Fate Skimmer has rolled up to the middle and is now doing that same thing. And you're playing quarters. You're playing that. It doesn't give up much for kills. It's got four characters, one of whom you'll never get to because it's Fate Skimmer. Uh, it doesn't give up anything for wounds. It doesn't have enough casters to punish Psychic. It's really hard to... Like, you're just not scoring any meaningful defensive things on this. You get, what, like, 10 points on Assassinate if you survive. Yeah. It's not I, scoring a ton. It's making you score very little. I think that's the demon approach, right? Like we're not yeah. Necrons and Sisters and our bait in secondaries that solve themselves. We have enough secondary play to participate, but we need to be an aggressive army because whether it's standing on objectives for primary control like I'm doing or just damaging and, and controlling with board control like you're doing, that's the plan. Is like, I get 80, you get 60. Yeah. Which also, yeah. for our European guests and other potentially other players out there who play in more battle point formats like LGT, this army's not bringing home 100-point wins, so nope. it's not a consideration. I don't think you even try, no, which is I why think, I'm comfy yeah. playing this. Agreed, agreed. So when I look at the big monster armies, I'm always skeptical of we are embracing dice. And I, I'd yep. like to mitigate dice instead of embrace them. I know there are competitive players who have success with the idea of embracing dice and just we're going to roll it out through 40k and trust the averages to come out on top of something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have a bad round of saves turn one and big boys go down or by turn two, you've lost more than you're supposed to. A bad combat, like one combat can run, ruin the game for this army. How do you navigate that as a monster player? Yeah, well, firstly, if you're going to bring a thousand points in three units, you are playing a dice game and you're just saying I'm playing a dice game. And I know early on F1, you said you think demons can be a high A tier army. I, I tend to agree. I think it's more like a low A tier army, but what I don't think, I don't think you're winning a six round event with demons right now. And with what the Votan leaks that are coming out say, I don't think you're winning a six round <laughs> tournament if that army's any good. So I do think that if you want to play pure demons, you got to embrace that you're not there to win the tournament. And like, this is a mindset that I'm comfortable with. There are armies I take to tournaments to try and win a GT, and there's armies I take to go and be positive and have a good time at a GT. And I won't pretend that this is going to go 6-0 or 5-0. Like, you will probably hit a hard counter or have that one really unlucky turn at a really bad time and take one L. What I do think is that you have the ability to play aggressively on the line. I think you have the ability to play incredibly defensively to start the game and wait to see how people move to exploit it. 
I think demons do an excellent job exploiting the other player's movement, like more than any army in the game right now. Yeah. If you don't understand where the range of an aura is going to be, you don't realize you're going to be minus one or minus two leadership or minus three off Bellicor and some Warp Storm. All of a sudden, you're giving up charges that aren't off a of Warp Locust that you weren't expecting. It's also, um, to, to come up on that point, like, yeah. yeah, we have a very unique delivery mechanic system, which means like movement and screening us is a it's a very unique challenge and a skill that everyone's going to have to learn to successfully play against demon armies. But yeah. it's also a, a mentality shift. Like right now, I'm trying to learn what everyone's leadership values in the game are yeah. because I need to know for my own benefits. But most armies are not really cognizant of their leadership values. You're like, I'm leadership good enough that this doesn't matter to matter and that that is generally speaking been enough. And Let me give you some examples of units that people don't know the leadership of. Yeah. Rhinos, planes, their right. characters who are support right. characters. The things that often end up tailed out of the army on turn two or turn three, if you don't realize what those could be at minus one, two, or three, you just don't really have an accurate understanding of what the movement landscape's going to look like after a demon player's turn. And uh, I'm more of a reactive 40k player. I play, despite the, the list differences, I often play a game that's like your game. Rather than I stand in the back, I often put a bunch of things forward and say, okay, what are you going to do? And then I'll play off that. Uh, yeah, I think that's why, uh, I don't mean to toot the style that we've chosen to play here. I think that's why you're successful with your Monster Mash list, whereas a lot of players are not. is because Monster Mash like looks like point A to point B, you could take Monster Smash face. Yeah. And that, like you said, you table people and lose. Um, yeah. the, the more mission-based approach, like 40k has win conditions, go chase them. Yeah, absolutely. I think this, I think this list basically says, if you don't come to me, I'm going to be on your doorstep. If you do come to me, I just get to play monsters on the board and fight you. And if you walk out a bunch of screens to handle me, you're not only giving me early charges where I don't have to commit real resources, I'm playing a bunch of flamers who are now not going to get countercharged because I'm distanced off your screens, your melees behind that. Now you have to either allocate guns to those, which you hate to do, and remove it off belly, who is a thing that you're going to have to remove. Or you're just, it's so reasonably taxes people two out of five turns of movement that it, if you can't win a game when someone's not moving for two turns, like, how are you going to win a game? That's how I think about this. <laughs> that's it's a, just para paralysis. That's a great quote. If you can't win a game when the other person's not moving. <laughs> yeah, I don't when know. In one loss in the moon phase, if they're just not taking it. <laughs> that is how most of my lists end up working at the end of the day, is it says, here's some sort of conditions that imposes a situation on you where you, where you think the right choice is to not move, and the list will punish you if you do move in. Can you win the game on three, four, five? It's and it's about creating this catch twenty two for your opponent. You know, yes. you damned if you do, damned if you don't. So that's very, that's very similar here. Yeah, I think whenever you build a, a deep strikey type army, that's kind of the way you approach it because it's like if you screen, my ground troops will get you. If you don't screen, my deep strike will get you. If you just sit there and be a defensive turtle, I get three fourths of the board. And like to make an argument for monsters and demons right now, bloodthirster is really hard to kill. It's quite good at killing it's got a decent sweep it hits any big thing i think a bloodthirster is close enough to a squad of blood letters when you're sweeping that you can still remove the small things you need to they do each have a heavy flamer which is silly but matters when you're trying to kill 10 dudes and t8 is tough man i've been playing a lot of lists before this demon book came out i know mark's been playing them so you've probably seen them but it's like morty belly a drop pot of noise marines a Heldrake, that kind of thing you've drank from the mark soup <laughs> yeah, by the way, demon players slash suit players, you can put Belly back in that list, or you can put a Bloodthirster in that list, and it's great right now. That is still very good. But um, 
T8 felt like it was paper thin at the end of 8th. And early ninth, it felt really soft, too. And I don't know what it is about the meta right now. I think it's just the elite troops and the midfield stuff. Like, the, the threat bands have changed. I could just be getting lucky. But I'm not losing T8 or T7 minus one wound models to range shooting much at all anymore. Cron's I think bring, the, like, the, five big guns, you know? I think the game right now is at a place where shooting is so potent versus durability. Like, damage versus durability is so potent that we've increased the amount of line of sight blocking across the field. So, because of that, I bring maximum damage guns is not really a viable strategy unless you're like Tau. So yep. people bring combat and you're like, oh, wow, there's combat. That doesn't shoot me. Yep, exactly. And as such, like these monsters kind of thrive right now. There's like an interesting list skew you want to hit, right? You want to hit 18 inch range or 24 inch threat band good guns. So they get one round to shoot you. Double hammerheads is not enough unless you get really unlucky. And if you're playing Tau, I think you win frankly, as demons. You either get waxed instantly or you win. It's very binary. Um, if you're playing a all-melee army, I think you lose. <laughs> I think demons just lose to full melee uh, because we're too soft in melee, but the bloodthirsters are as tough as you can bring in the book for melee because they're T8 with a 4-up. And if you play a mixed army, I don't think this is the book you play a mixed, like a general arms army into another general arms army because of the points attached to your troops wounds but i do think you get to play these weird skews where you're like here's a thousand points of face rush but then here's like 200 points of weird stuff that stands around and 400 points of really efficient shooting that flies and most armies just can't keep up with that move speed and allocate the damage they need to have and be standing on the objectives when they need to and not take the punch i think it's a good challenge and then oh also we're deep striking anywhere between like four and eight inches away based on a unit-by-unit interaction. I think it's a really hard army to play into. Like, if you're used to playing that kind of game, you really can do a lot of pressure. You don't have to overcommit. You do get to be close. So I, I completely agree. I think your style of demons is it's probably where a lot of people are headed in the, in the yeah. big monsters. I think it kind of screams, please take big monsters in this codex. I'm just not so. a big monsters person. <laughs> I, I get it, man. Like, you're not a knights player. I think this book is like 50% knights with, with troops. So yeah, I'm knights with troops, right? Yeah. It's so interesting. You view it as knights with troops, I view it as Gene Star Cult. <laughs> I hope yours works, because I'd rather play yours. I <laughs> determined to make this work. <laughs> Please let me know when it does. I would love to play the list we wrote for you. Yeah. But two weeks from now, I'm probably playing this list right here I wrote for me. Well, that's what we're here for. You know, demons as a book have so many different build archetypes. We didn't even touch on Nurgle. I guess neither of us are too excited about it. But there is good stuff in there as well. If you do it in mission con primary control and things like that as well, staying there and do being durable. Slanish, I think there is a mono Slanish build or mostly Slanish build. I, I really enjoyed the formats which this podcast gave us because it allowed us to explore totally different options. Yeah. It was a fun time. I hope uh, demons do well and we can come back and talk about them in a couple months when we have a little more data. Go win a tournament with demons then. We'll get you back on. Talk I'll about try. how we actually did it. I'll try. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Tanner. It's been an absolute pleasure interviewing you, just talking to you, picking your brain about what, what works and stuff. It's I mean, you're, I always have fun hanging out with you, so this has been a blast of a podcast. Likewise, Nick. Very fun. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for your support. 
hopefully you continue to, to subscribe to the channel. If you're interested in more content just like this and more high-end competitive 40K stuff, you can check out the War Room. If you're not already a member, that's where we teach tons and tons of competitive 40K content. You get two coaching matches per week where you see some of the best players in the world explaining all the things they do, why they're doing them, the opportunities of not doing the moves that they're making and why they didn't make them even though they considered them. You get meta-analyses, you get faction clinics, know thy enemy clinic strategy sessions. You also get access to an amazing Discord server with some of the world's best players. Everyone in there is paying to be there, so it's not trolly. It's super positive. It's just a great resource for increasing not only your skills at 40k, but also enjoying your hobby more. Highly recommend checking it out. Once again, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next week. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40k network. TheArtOfWar40k.com